Welcome to the YGV100FM podcast. I'm your host, Wun Tan. In this podcast, we invite you to join us in the exciting world of your global village. If this is your first time here, we are a community living and working in a metaverse-inspired village. Our purpose with this podcast is to share the stories of each resident and find the lessons learned that can help you get better results and have a bigger impact. Whether you're just starting out in your business or you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you'll find fresh ideas and inspiration in these stories. Welcome to another episode of the YGV 100FM podcast. With me today, I've got Lourdes Gunn. Welcome to the show. So excited about your show, Wun. Awesome to have you here. Do you like the studio? I love the studio. Green is one of my favorite colors, so this works out perfect on brand. <laughs> nice. Um, let's jump into the questions, right? So, Lourdes, for people who are new to you, you know, you... Tell us a bit about who you are and how did you become who you are today? So this is really the, the backstory, right? So what are your key moments in your journey and what were the big decisions that you made that got you to where you are today? That's a big question all in one, but <laughs> well, you, I can, start... you can break it down and, and sort of free, feel free to be you know, answering any part of that that's relevant. So I came originally from the Philippines and um, my family is from a poverty-stricken background where my dad was working, he didn't finish his school. So he was not getting as much opportunity in terms of what work or career looks like in his life. But he's very hardworking, very um, street smart. But my mom is on the opposite end, very smart woman, knows how to speak four languages, had scholarships globally, um, very book smart. And so together, I think they, as a family, I got, I guess, the benefit of both were in. I knew that coming from the Philippines, it was tough to get more opportunities if I don't study. So I did study so hard, got into good schools, got good grades, got a lot of accolades because I know that was my golden ticket for better opportunities. So I immigrated to Canada uh, 17, almost 18 years ago. And so what we call North America is the land of the milk and honey. The most important part of that journey is I don't think I'd be where I am today if I don't get to acknowledge the culture or the um, home that I grew up with. I learned about persistence. I learned about hard work. I learned about not giving up. But at the same time, it's both, I guess, a blessing and a curse. And when I say that, because as you know, you just don't have to work hard. Circumstance has to be right. There are opportunities wherein luck is required. And so I guess I'm sharing that because it's very important that people know these values. And so I guess in my story about knowing how to work hard, how to be persistent. I also gave too much importance in terms of outside or external recognition because that's what I know when I was growing up, that if I have a medal at the end of the school year, then I did a great job. But at the same time, I also got into the personal development journey wherein I lost myself. And when I say that, it's from point of view of I didn't really know who I was. Who I was was about my medals, about my accomplishments, about my achievements. And so I went into this whole personal journey of 
not really knowing what I stood for, what was my mission, what was who I stand for. And so in that journey as well, I get to learn about who I really am without, without all these external validations. And so that was quite a journey. Um, I'm still sometimes struggling with that, um, but definitely better to where I started. So there's my intro. <laughs> <laughs> and and so what what were you doing when you when you first went to Canada or, or got to Canada? So my background is as a professional auditor. Actually, I have a certified public accountant certification, and um, mechanic is my wealth dynamics profile. But I also am very much intuitive because of my personal development journey. I had a silver mind development. Um, training. I have all kinds of other trainings other than schooling that I think has honed the right brain, my right brain for that matter. And so um, when I came to North America, I used my professional background as an auditor to actually go into that profession. So I got hired as a payroll officer in Vancouver in a very nice slick office in downtown Vancouver. But at the same time, I knew that I had something else that I have in my mind. I have always been entrepreneurial and growing up from the Philippines, I like hustle. So I've been hustling on the coaching journey at that time. This was like almost 18 years ago. So even though I had my full-time job, I also had time to actually pursue my passion, which was at that time, I know it was coaching and mentoring. And so um, it got me to the journey to where I am today, wherein um, I very much um, clear that my life's purpose is as a passionate mentor, as an, as a visionary businesswoman. So that's what got led me into where I am today. And then, of course, I met my husband, who's a full-blown entrepreneur, 13 years ago. And um, we decided to join forces. I became a shareholder of the company that um, he established. And uh, 13 years now, um, we've been still on this show. And, and tell us more about the, the that business, because I know I know. You- I work with you on your podcast and and that's a very fascinating side of that business as well. I think people, not a lot of people know that industry, right? Right. So the business that my husband established is into shellfish aquaculture. So not agriculture, aquaculture, meaning farming the sea, mostly ranching the sea. So he used to be a commercial fisherman and has 10,000 hours of experience under the water and had seen the devastating impact that the fishermen are doing to the stocks under the ocean. And so that's how he got started in the aquaculture journey on how to save the species. Um, It's a new industry. He was an early adopter, um, very much a visionary and creator in his own right. And when I joined him, it was uh, more like a mom and pop. My background um, as a professional auditor is from corporate. So I introduced a lot of interventions in our um, small family business now and professionalized most of the things that's being done in the company. And so both our experience has gotten to what I call now an emergent where in the face of the company is either his face, not his face, not my face, but both of our faces. And so 
Um, interestingly, you mentioned about the podcast because I know that when we were starting to uh, discuss what the podcast is going to be about, so I just decided the business of aquaculture. And I was really just blown away how much traction that podcast has gotten because I thought at the beginning, who's going to be listening to me? Like, I don't really have that much technical background, although I've been in it for 13 years, but I'm really mostly um, just the systems person, not the technical, I guess, persona. But making a long story short, I attracted a lot of really high profile guests and they were all very supportive and really just happy that there's a collaboration and platform really where they can share their expertise. And so um, I'm really very pleased with the results of that show. And I just celebrated my six month, actually. <laughs> yes. You know, um, for, for people who, are, who don't know your, your business um, around the aquaculture, like, tell us a bit about the, the, that industry. Because I know there's a lot that's happening and you've obviously been interviewing the, some of the biggest influencers in that space. So, so tell us a bit about the, the impact around the work that you're, you're doing there. So um, aquaculture is still kind of in its pioneering stage. Um, my husband started it uh, 30 years ago, but the species that we specifically cultivate takes 10 years to grow. And there's a lot of regu- regulatory policies around it and um, a lot of, I guess, negative connotation in terms of what aquaculture is about, because um, most of the information that are online are mostly the one with um, negative practices. So it's very fragmented fragmented, and um, it's nascent that people don't really actually know what is this industry about. And so as much as I can in the podcast, I highlighted, you know, that our main purpose is to support the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals of Life Below Water, and that I would like to be the voice of collaboration in the industry because um, too much competition happening um, in the industry, too much of doing their own things. And there's not really that one voice and which makes it hard in a new industry. Um, People who are in the government doesn't really not necessarily support what we're doing because it can be because they are armchair managers or they wanted to support, but because there's only one community that's wanting to go ahead there's not like one big voice so it may not gain traction and of course there's the environmental factor which is also a good thing um, that people are really voicing their concerns about aquaculture but at the same time most of the information that are out there are I mentioned the negative practices so for example the way that salmon aquaculture has tainted the whole aquaculture industry but that's just one species it's like saying you live in one country and all the people there are communists who beat people but not everybody in that population beat the people so this negative um, I guess connotation in the industry has become such a big hurdle if you have the business. 
um, most of the time when I remember one of my guests on the podcast saying most of the work that we're doing, you would have thought would be raising the animals, you know, improving your systems. But half of the battle is actually educating, educating um, the audience, educating a lot of stakeholders of what we're actually doing. So with all the talks on transparency, on sustainability, and the talks on how we're going to change the way aquaculture is done has been uh, quite a journey for me. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that, Lourdes. Um, I I want to move on to kind of the second part around what you currently do, right? So, you know, could you share with us, like maybe some of your clients and, you know, like what, what sort of, like how, how are you creating that transformation? Like what are the, problems or challenges or things that you're you're sort of um, making people sort of take the next step like what what are the before stories and then we can move on to maybe the after stories as well so could you share? so I mentioned a while ago that I'm very clear my life's purpose is as a passionate mentor and a visionary businesswoman and most of the people who I attract with to mentor are mostly um, small business professional women who are very much a leader in their industry, but not being able to, um, I guess the same journey that I've been into were in, there's not much that high confidence in terms of their self-worth. And so um, when I talk about self-worth, it's mostly about deservability issues of how can they bring their business to the next level. And so an example would be an architect who is always questioning about am I actually really the leader in this industry? And so I, I help them um, be more at ease in terms of where they are at starting because there's it's very much, and I don't want to be sexist, but most of the industries that we're in are mostly surrounded by uh, male. And so that in itself is a hurdle right off the bat. And so to be able to feel confident about you know, being a woman in a male-dominated industry is a big, big, big challenge. And so um, how do we show up in such a way that we don't give up our womanhood when faced with a lot of people who right off the bat is questioning if we are the leader in the space that we're in? You know, so how, how do you work with them? And, and what, what sort of things, um, you know, do you do? So I've been mentoring women now for almost five years, and I have a network in Barcelona, Spain. Uh, One of the very first things that I teach them, and this is a must when they first come on board, would be a schedule like free day just for themselves. You can call it, I call it night out. Some people call it free days, other people call it artist date, but they have to actually plan or map out on their schedule these 24 hours all by themselves so that they can rejuvenate as women, as mothers, as a business person. This is imperative. I know it's tough at the beginning because how is the business going to run without them? Who's going to be taking care of the children? Who's going to make decisions on X, Y, and Z? And it's like, forget all those. Let the world fall apart for this 24 hour. And It's a lot of resistance because um, it's very tough to let go. But once they got into it, it becomes addictive. And I didn't want to use that word, but it's mostly on the positive sides of, you know, that 24 hours, actually, the world still goes around and uh, nobody got killed. And so find your support system on how to do this consistently, because that's what's going to give you juice 
provide you with the clarity, with the insight, with the space that you need to go to your next level. You work with women leaders. What are examples of different outcomes that you've seen or that you've um, helped your client deliver? One of my, um, I call it a unique method from strategic coach, but is uh, celebrity credibility. And so part of the journey of deservability and self-worth is recognizing your own worth without being so attached that it's actually connected to a system wherein other people celebrate you. So when I say that, so I got, when I joined my husband in my business, I didn't really know coming from an auditor accounting background that I love public relations. I actually love marketing and I didn't know that about myself before. But what ended up happening was I ended up being active in the reputation management, um, I guess, sphere and ended up applying for awards. And it came to a point where in that has been kind of my signature system where in I'm very active in the Stevie Awards. I was in Canada, um, was in the top 100 female entrepreneurs by Chatelaine and um, Profit Magazines. And so I share this with people I mentor. I said, don't underestimate the value of what you've accomplished. And I call this really mostly counting your successes and people will celebrate that with you. So one of my mentees, um, I remember having to introduce her in the Stevie Awards and won a gold um, Stevie and she was an architect and she doubled her revenue the time that we were mentoring. She became established as the leader because there was recognition around what makes her different from the other architects in the same industry. Um, the other person I was mentoring was a very talented entrepreneur woman who at the beginning was lost about her identity, but she knew that she was built to be a, an entrepreneur. And so she went through the whole year journey of actually having to quit a very toxic business she was in. The partners were toxic. And then she ended up doing a sabbatical. She traveled in Morocco. She traveled in Mexico. And she did this, I think, for, I don't know, a year or more than six months anyway. Ended up studying in New York. And then after that, came back to Spain and established her own liquor and wine business at a time before COVID hit. And you know what happened to the liquor and to the wine industry after COVID hit. Everybody stayed at home. Everybody was just like, you know, stressed out. So her business just really boomed after that. And I believe, I really believe that if she didn't take in that sabbatical time, that she probably would just have stayed in that toxic environment that she was in. So it's very important creating space. Amazing. I love those stories. So tell us a bit about your, your vision, right? What sort of future vision do you have and what, what's the sort of impact you want to create? So just to give you a more specific question, right? So how would you uh, shape the story of the world? And imagine if today is 2026, looking back in the past five years, what would you say are the highlights of the past five years? That's a very big question, but I feel that I already know the answer to this. So my United Nations Sustainable Development Goal personal mission is actually no poverty. I mentioned I came from poverty stricken background. And so that mission um, partnered with what our family business is about, which is to create the most environmentally beneficial food production operation on land or sea anywhere in the world is a combination of how can 
we help the lack of food that's going to happen when our population is going to be in the billions by 2030 to 2050. And so as we already know, there's a lack of really sustainable production systems. So that's part of the journey. And at the same time, I wrote, I started writing my memoir um, in February of 2020 before everything hits the fan of COVID. And I'm still writing that. I didn't, I originally had a deadline for it, but I thought, you know what? This was kind of my self-therapy. It's one of the most gratifying activities that I've done for myself. It was almost like very cathartic. So I highly encourage everybody to actually write their memoir. But anyway, make the long story short, um, five years from now, I imagine that that would be um, published and there will be a documentary or movie out of it. And a combination of our company is actually undergoing through a phase wherein we wanted to go public and have investors um, come into our organization who share the same vision as we are in terms of um, improving the quality of life of people and especially saving life below water. Amazing. I love that and how you tied it to the sustainable development goals. You know, for people who want to reach out to you, uh, could you share with us where, what is the best way and where are some places where they can find you? I'm very active on social media. So you can find our group on um, both in LinkedIn on, and Facebook. I'm also on Instagram, actually on Twitter now and also on TikTok for the podcast. So I'm all over the place, but it's not hard to find me. So please connect if you see that I can be of help to your journey. Amazing. Thank you very much, Lourdes. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm looking forward to hear more of the interviews from your show. Awesome. See you, everyone. Thank you for uh, listening to this episode. Bye now. Thank you very much for listening till the end. That was Lauders Gunt of Lauders Gunt Coaching, House Number 16, Global Square Village. Well, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tune in to the next episode. We have Paul Dunn of B1G1 for the next episode. If you don't know Paul or what they do at B1G1, you are in for a treat as Paul shares some amazing lessons from his experience working with business leaders, achieve greater results and his wonderful message of why giving is so important in transforming a business. To find out more about Your Global Village community, head over to yourglobalvillage.com. Oh yes, and one more thing. There's a very exciting treasure hunt that goes alongside this podcast. So if you're listening in, you can enter this competition and you'll be in the running to win some amazing prizes along the way. That's it for now and see you in the next episode.